You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 26 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. And yourself? Not bad. Good. Not bad Good. at all. I um, I had a trip down memory lane at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yes, I um, I didn't fancy journeying too far. Um, and I had my uh, my daughter Juliet with me, and um, we decided to um, take a trip to Oak Trafford, Oakfields, the home of Malksham Town, of course, formerly once of this parish. Mm. Um, and um, they took on another former Western League side that I'm sure many of the um, listeners will remember, Larkall Athletic. So uh, yes, yeah, so I was I was I was treated to a feast of um, memories um, um, and a feast of goals because Larkall put Melksham to the sword. Um, but um, it was very nice to catch up with Andy Crabtree at the end of the game. Um, he's um, on the coaching staff at Larkall these days. Of course, many people remember him from his time at Warminster and of ta- his time at Radstock Town, which is where I first came across um, Andy. So, um, yeah, so I had a very pleasant afternoon. Now, I can't say that the same was uh, could be said for the uh, for the Melksham fans. There's a few long faces um, at the game. Um, but, um, but yes, anyway, I, I certainly had a, an entertaining um, afternoon out. But um, I, sh- I can assure you and the listeners that I will be returning to um, normal duties um, this weekend, actually. We'll come to that later um, in the podcast. Um, on this week's episode, we hear from Aaron Sevier, the manager of Shepton Mallet, and Chris Carr, the manager of Bradford Town, a new name for the podcast. Um, we are going to be looking at the games played on Saturday the 27th of January. We're going to be kicking off in the Premier Division and a monster tie at Buckland Athletic where the visitors were Helston. Now, uh, last season I did a mind, uh, bucket collection for Mind at this very fixture. Buckland took on Helston and Buckland were were worthy winners on the day, but um, Helston have, um, well, they've they've certainly evened the score. Yeah, they did. Uh, league leaders uh, stretching their lead atop the division. Brilliant tuna win, huge crowd. And uh, yeah, real, real, well, impressive performance to, to keep a clean sheet in particular. But yeah, a couple of goals. Uh, it was a penalty early in the second half, which actually broke the deadlock. So Jordan Kopp uh, tucking home from the spot to, to put them ahead. Uh, and then it was um, another goal 20 minutes from time or so from Ricky Shepard. He's having another good season, isn't he? So um, put Helston two up and yeah, that proved to be enough. But yeah, one of the, uh, one of the big crowds on Saturday afternoon. Real good to see. Yeah, and I think that's a real endorsement of Helston's title credentials because Buckland Athletic is not an easy place to go. Um, and uh, to win there, uh, I think, is a real statement of intent. Um, the next game, a bigger crowd to talk about, Tom, but a slightly more one-sided affair. Fal- Falmouth Town taking on luckless Welton Rovers. Yeah, absolutely. This was um, yeah, pretty pretty one-sided, especially yeah, the first half pretty much did the did the business for them here. There were four goals to four goals up at the interval, so uh, pretty much done and dusted by them. But yeah, a crowd of 448, so um, much much enjoyed by those those in attendance for most of them, I would imagine. Uh, and it was a couple of goals apiece from Oscar Massey and Luke, Luke Barner, as I say, both scored twice. Uh, and then there was also Cam Hutchinson and Reuben Wilson as well getting on the score sheet. So uh, yeah. Another big win for Falmouth, and uh, yeah, they rise up to four from that win. So uh, yeah, good good stuff from uh, from Falmouth over uh, Welton. 
Now, our next game is a Somerset derby, and it might be a new Somerset derby. I'm not sure whether these sides have ever played each other in competitive football before. Nailsey and Tickenham, of course, their first season in the Premier Division. And Shepton Mallet, old hands, and um, that's really how it proved on the day, Tom. Yeah, it did, absolutely. And actually, they have played again uh, earlier this season, and uh, this was a reverse of the... uh, the result of the time. So Nailsy had one three one at Shepton. Uh, I did I had to had to look at this in preparation for the bulletin. So it's not something I just knew off the top of my head. I must admit, but yeah, Mallet. So uh, yeah, certainly nice. not something that I knew off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but that way it was back in August, so a while back. So uh, yeah, the um, it was it's Mallet who came out on top this time, as I say, and they went ahead in this one pretty early on. A ninth minute effort from Josh Jenkins putting them putting them in front. Uh, but yeah, to be fair uh, to to the Swags, they hit back, and it was Luke Gos uh, Luke Osgood. Sorry. Their top scorer, uh, levelling affairs midway through the first half. Uh, it was then obviously Mallet who, yeah, well, I say they, they ran out through on winners, so they must have gone back ahead. And that was Jacob Sloggett tucking home a penalty uh, to make it 2 1. Uh, and then it was a, a wrap up goal from Ethan Witchell. Uh, so 3 1 victory for Mallet uh, on their trip to Nailsley and Tickenham. Yeah, and of course, Nails in Tickenham is not an easy place to go. Um, they're very competitive at uh, home. And um, I started off my conversation with Aaron Sevier by reflecting on on that great away win and, and, uh, and, and what must have been a very pleasing result. The things that we've lacked over the last couple of months, I think, was a bit of um, bit maturity. Uh, we, we've got an average age of 21 in this squad, so the, the experience levels are are slightly lower, the maturity level slightly lower, but I think that that performance was was one was necessarily needed and I think shows how far we've come as a squad the last three or four months. I think a few months ago we would have certainly lost that. I mean, we did at home, reverse scoreline of 3-1. We were 2-1 up at half-time and, and, and the message to the boys was, you know, you're, you're going to have to play the game a little bit. Um, when you've got talented young lads that like we've got, <clears throat> playing the game is... It's not something they've necessarily been brought up to do, um, but the maturity of us this, this this time around got us got us through the game for sure. And it was nice to see them put that type of performance out. Sometimes it's not all about what you can do with it at your feet. It's the, it's the gritty stuff, the hard work off the ball, and, and and shutting up shop sometimes, especially at this level to to gain points. And I think that again shows how far we've come recently. Because I remember the last time we spoke, you talked about the younger players and, and you talked about being a team in transition. So I guess that, you know, that that not just the, the result, but the performance against Nowsey and Tickenham really shows you that you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I, I, I think someone, we, we spoke to a few around the club last night about maybe the term punching above our weight a little bit. And we, put, we, we necessarily don't think we, we are in the sense of that the squad and the unit we've put together, but maybe in the how quickly the transitions come around is 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 further ahead right now than we thought. You know, we, we're still, I think we're four points off four, a couple of games in hand. I know other teams around us have the games in hand too, but you know, you, we're it's still in our hands if we wanted to sneak into that last playoff spot. And uh, and I think we probably would have thought this is where we would have been this time next season. But we we train twice a week sometimes we, we, we always train whenever there's a game off on Saturday we've tried to keep this squad together twice a week for as much as possible and, and to, to keep this unit gelling as quick as possibly can and, and I think that shows with where we are in the table right now and with the games we've still got left why can't we continue on this run that we're on at the moment because that was your third away game on the bounce, wasn't it? And you, that little run started with a draw at Ilfracombe but defeat at Helston so it must be pleasing to get back to winning ways yeah, I, I think if you look at the, 
those last three away games are all they're all tough ones to be fair and we've we've come out of it there with with four points and I think Helston away is always a tough one. We took a point there last year. Um but Helston are starting to, to, to kind of give a little bit of a breathing room for themselves at the top now with Cleveland's form. Um so you don't expect the you know, it's, it's, it was bonus points almost. I think that would have been my my talk to the boys, bonus points down there and you're two 0 down in the 50th minute or 60th minute against Ilford Groom and it's a tough place to come back and show a bit of character again with our young squad to, to show that maturity of getting back into it. I would say it's been three quite successful away games really and we've we've only lost three in the last 15 in all comps so that's credit to where we are really. That's the form that we need to be on at the right stage of the season and, and those three losses are, are Houston, Cleveland and Bridgewater in the 15 so that's the top three almost so I think we're, we're there or thereabouts at the moment and we we still got quite a lot of away games to go, and I think if we can pick up those points on the away, the away side, then well, yeah, that we we could be up there. Well, on the subject of winning games, um, that was very much what you were up to last night in the quarter final of the Les Phillips Cup against Wells, a competition that you know well, a team that you know well. Um, um, perhaps a little bit um, more straightforward last night's game than the last time you two met at this stage of the competition. It was quieter. Uh, it didn't. It didn't have the derby. The derby feel that it did uh, almost a year ago. Quite a lot of yellows, fines, uh, big tackles. Uh, it, it definitely didn't have that feel last night. It was quite a calmer, calmer affair. But I think my team talk from this year, comparatively to last year, was a bit more about composure. To be honest, and I probably got caught up in it last year within my first six months of management and derby day, my first derby as a gaffer and stuff. But this year, it was about remembering who we are. You know what position we are in the league and uh, and the gap that we have and, and, and being more composed and getting a grasp on the game early and, and not allowing Wells to to kind of play that game. Um, we know Wayne Fawn quite well and we know the, the way he sets up his team. So we were expecting that. Uh, we managed to get a goal in the first nine minutes which settled the nerves. And I, if I'm honest, I think it was, it was, this is no disrespect to Wells, but I do felt we were quite, quite comfortable um, and they gave us a good go, but we just we just kept that maturity level that we've had over these last few weeks, like the Nelsey performance, and we've managed to uh, to get through to, to back-to-back semi-finals for us in you know in the first 18 months of or 16 months of running this club. You know, it's a great great start. You can only beat who's in front of you. So regardless of the draw we're on, you can only beat the teams in front, and you know one more win away from from back-to-back finals, and it just shows where where we're trying to take the club at the moment, and we can continuously look forward. Obviously, you mentioned a, a, a younger um, age group of players um, that you've, you're working with um, this season. Normally, I, I feel that sometimes a club fighting a, um, campaigns on multiple fronts in cups and in the league, and you mentioned the playoffs earlier, would be a hindrance. But I just wonder, because you've got these younger players, because they must have a, a, a you know a great a great deal of hunger. Um, for the game, do you, do you think this is perhaps helping you that you know competitive game is coming after competitive game after competitive game? Yeah, you, you, there's no such fitness as well as match fitness is there, so you can train as many times as you want, but if you, you can't get the same out of it as, as playing. So the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday type of campaign is is great for us and those lads because it's momentum as well, isn't it? So. We're, we're riding a wave at the moment. We've we've picked up a couple of injuries the last two or three weeks because of because of this campaign. But me and uh, Matty, the assistant, we we spent a lot of pre-season making sure our squad was was 23 to 25 man, and 
it was we, we've got a next man up mentality really and as soon as there's an injury we've got the we've got the next position ready to go and everybody understands their piece in this puzzle and I think that's what's helping at the moment. It's, it is a young team. It's a combined team. We've got lads that haven't been in the squad for five, six, seven weeks are at every game, every training, supporting. It's a real togetherness about it. And the more we can be together on these Saturday, Tuesdays, the, the, the closer knit it is. And I do think that helps the young lads. They want they want to be playing. They don't just want to be training. They love learning, but you learn just as much on a game, don't you? So I definitely think that's happening right now with us is the more we can get going and playing, the better we'll be. Um, we were happy, if I'm honest, to go out of the FA Cup. I'm not sure the, the club were for financial implications, but it certainly helped us. Shepton have always had a bit of a lull within end of September, October, and that's always because under under Locks and Durham, we always had great campaigns in the FA Cup. And I think this year it helped us possibly not having those extra big games. And those first few months, we had more training sessions than necessarily we needed because that gave us a chance to kind of put things to, to rights and, uh, and get get to where we are now, really. Um, you mentioned earlier in the interview how congested the top of the Premier Division table is. Um, which other sides have you got your eye on um, this season? Which other teams do you think will go well in the running? Obviously, you've, you've, you've got your, your top three at the moment, your Cleveland, Helson and, and, and Bridgie. Um, I think then it's that next group, and it's so close. It's, like, it's tough to tell at the moment because of the games in hand that a few have, your mm. Falmouth, Barnstables, us. If I'm honest, you know, I, I, I think the... the if I'm looking at teams because of comparatively where we are, I think the ones that we need to be keeping on, hoping that they do drop points is, is possibly Falmouth and, and Barnstable. Um, I think we've got the games in hand on Buckland and we still got to play them, still got to play Falmouth, still got to play Barnstable, all of them at home. I think that's that's the ones that we we think should be up in that, that top five to complete the playoffs, but we, we want to be that team that can kind of sneak in. There's no reason why we shouldn't, even if we think we're punching above our weight. Nobody turns up every week to just settle um, we should be trying to sneak in if we could as should everybody else around us and I really think this is going to go down to the last week of the season for about three or four of us I think it really will because this is probably one of the most competitive seasons I've known in the in the Prem for a while of people taking points off each other going on good runs so I think if you ask many of the, the managers in the top top half right now to name that that playoff four I do think we all have probably quite a different opinion right now which is healthy for the league at the same time if you want to be in the shake-up um at the end of the season then Ilford you know and there's no disrespect to them in this but they're one of the teams you really need to be taking points from and uh, you've got them up next yeah we obviously it's handy playing them only two weeks ago uh i quite like clem i've, I've spoken to him a few times obviously i've played him a couple of times since taking over and they're tough uh they they haven't traveled well as far as I can see, remember from their form, they, they they got a good home record, so we were quite pleased with a point. But them coming to us, yeah, this isn't a disrespect. You know, if we if we expect to be where we are, then we should go in confident that we we should take them points. But this 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 league this year has that that expectancy that there's going to be an upset somewhere, and I wouldn't say it'd be an upset if we can come to us, but it it certainly feels like at home with our record and the run we're on at the moment. Yeah, it, it's one of those games where it really does test you if you're your kind of contenders or pretenders you know I think that Saturday is just going to keep that momentum keep ticking the points and as I said to the boys and, and the people around the club if we want to be in that top five all we've got to do is do our job and not not worry about anyone else because if we worry about anyone else we're, we're unfocused on the job in hand and it, that starts on Saturday and every, and every time we, we, we pick up points it, it, it starts again the week after so it, yeah Saturday's just as imperative as the Saturday after and the one before. 
And despite their lowly league position, Wellington have done some good business in the transfer market. They're proving to be a difficult team for sides to beat. Uh, you've got them up after Ilfra Coombe. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start upsetting a few teams between now and the end of the season. Yeah, two two great sidings. I think they've obviously got Viney from, from Bridgie, who, in my opinion, has been probably one of the best goalkeepers in this division for, for a long, long time. Um, and, and Kieran Bailey was obviously with me at Shepton when we, were, we played together in my first year about five seasons ago and you know, that's two Southern League quality additions um, and not just that anybody that is in this league for a while knows that going to Wellington away is always one of those toughest toughest tests one that I think Shepton is, is a bit of a bogey side away I think we've always struggled down there lots of draws and, and so things like that it was a draw for us last year so again another one of those games if, you, if you're looking at tables and, and form yeah of course you, you Shepton should be the favourites there but we aren't underestimating any single team this year and as I said before we've simply just got to concentrate on in the job in hand for ourselves and, and, uh, and worry about everybody else after we've done ours and my thanks to Aaron for his time uh, now one final game to take you through in the Premier Division and that's Saltash United against um, Brixham another three figure gate here and um, well the away fans will have gone home happy here Tom yeah absolutely. coming from behind to, to claim victory uh, another side win by three goals to one it was as I say it was Brixham on this occasion uh, coming uh, overturning uh, a deficit Kieran O'Malley putting the ashes in front after around 25 minutes or so uh, but they really weren't in front for long. It was Brixham then then scoring really, really soon after. Josh Parry uh, making it one apiece. Uh, and they were actually in front by half time. So Aaron Wellington's goal making it 2-1 at the interval. Uh, and then it was Sean Adderley who added the third. So Brixham uh, claiming the 3-1 win over Saltash. And now a message from our sponsors. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now, moving on to our games in the first division, uh, we'll kick things off at Bristol Telephones. I think this was one of the games that we talked about on last week's um, podcast as one to watch because Telephones are very good at home and Portishead Town, of course, are our league leaders. Well, um, Portishead, this was um, this was a, turned out to be a bit of a stroll in the park for them on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, 21st win of the campaign. So they are they're going great guns. But uh, yeah, I think... Um... They, they seem to be, well, the team to beat, I would say. Uh, I think they've play, played well for long enough now. Uh, and, yeah, 4-0 winner at Bristol Telephones is, uh, yeah, not to be sniffed at. It's real, real impressive. Uh, a first-half penalty from Carl Egan uh, separating the sides at the interval. Um, so that was uh, that was them in position to, to push for victory, and they did just that after the break. Mitch Osmond uh, with a long-range long range free kick, making it 2-0 uh, before Egan scored his second. Uh, and then, of course, that man, Ethan Felton, who we'll touch on later when we look at the, the leading scorers, he added some gloss to the scoreline with the, the late fourth. So, yeah, Porter's Head running out 4-0 winners away at Bristol Telephones. And it was another comprehensive win for the away side at Hengrove Athletic, where the visitors were Middlesbrough Rovers. Yeah, another another away winner, as you say, and it was a three nil victory uh, this on this occasion for Middlesbrough, uh, and it was Liam Winter, who's uh, yeah, he's having a real good season for them. Uh, he was he was the star of the show again on Saturday afternoon. A uh, couple couple of goals from him, uh, and also uh, assisting for Dan Lismore, who made it two nil with a with a header. Uh, but as I say, it was Winter scoring either side of that. Uh, the second uh, belting long range finish uh, made it three nil, and that was how it stayed. So yeah, Middlesbrough overturning uh, Hengrove. Now we move on to Shirehampton and a tight affair with Wiltshire-based Bradford Town. Well, yeah, this was this was uh, yeah very dramatic finale in this one, uh, and it was Bradford 
who managed to, in the end, claim a 2-1 win. But yeah, it was uh, went right down to the, the finish, this one. Uh, Bobcats did lead for the majority of this game, to be fair. Owen Pierce scoring. Uh, it was pretty much their first attack on goal. I think it was, came in about the third minute or so. Uh, Bradford going in front, and that looked as though it was going to was going to stay that way for for the well for the entirety of the ninety minutes at one point. But yeah, Scott Bamford managed to to get a late equaliser for Shirehampton. Looked like they managed to to grab a uh, grab a late point. Uh, but in stoppage time, a goalkeeping error unfortunately allowed Fabian Stanislas to, to step in, uh, poke the ball home and uh, put Bradford back in front. And this time they did hold on to their lead. So, yeah, Bradford uh, securing a 2-1 win at Shirehampton. Well, that was all of the encouragement I needed to get on Bradford's second manager of the season. We did speak to Jamie Jordan earlier in the season. Um, Jamie left and Chris Carr has taken over and he's done a fine job ever since. And I thought it was... Well, I thought it was about time we got Chris on the podcast. So we started off by reflecting on that um, game against Shirehampton. And I asked Chris whether, in his opinion, the game was as close as the scoreline suggests. I think towards the end, maybe yes. I think we had a good, we had a good first sort of 25, 30 minutes where we probably should have scored a few more and maybe been out of sight. But I've watched Shirehampton a few times this season. They've got a lot of goals in that side, and they, and they do keep going. So they did they did well to get back into it. They probably had the better start in the second half to to get themselves level. But yeah, I think it, it was a good game. It was an old old fashioned Western League game on a heavy pitch. Now I saw some pictures of your fans, um, your travelling support on uh, on social media. Um, did that make a difference? Do you think on the day? Hundred percent. They've done it a couple of times this season. I think we took took upwards of almost 80 to Bitten towards the start. I think it was about the 50 mark on Saturday. And the link we have between the players and the fans is is massive, to be fair. The players do get a buzz off, off the amount of support we get home and away. And obviously the ground itself, you can see them getting off the train and walking walking down to the ground at, at Manor Farm. So it, it gives the lads a lift. It's, I think it's been needed. We haven't been consistent enough since I took over. Um, so, yeah, to to have that support um, and then go in the clubhouse after and 40, 50 people in there mingling with the players and, and stuff is is huge for a club like ours, yeah. The other thing about that result is, of course, it avenged a 4-1 defeat at Trowbridge Road by Shirehampton on January the 9th. That was in the Les Phillips Cup. So, from your perspective, what was the difference between those two performances? Um, so, when we played the Cup game at home, we had three players serving suspension. Two of the lads were cup-tied. So, we, we were bare-bones at home. We threw a team together. We, you know, we borrowed Ryan Bags from from Trowbridge, he's the manager over there. Um, we checked a couple of lads in that haven't played and to be fair, we were okay on the night. We made some made some poor errors individually um, and again, like I said, they've got great sco- goal scorers in that team so you're going to get punished. Whereas Saturday, we were a bit more back to normal, a few new faces back. So yeah, we, we were a bit more stable Saturday. It was a bit more of a, a, bit more of a Bradford sort of team as such and I think that made the difference. Well, I've seen you a couple of times this season. The last time I saw you was against Radstock Town. And um, I think if ever you wanted an example of the Bradford spirit, then that game was it. I, I thought Radstock were the better side for much of the game. But you, the, the fact that you just kept going until the final whistle and you were able to get a draw there, I mean, that, that says a lot about you and the team. 
yeah, I think we're, we're finding that resilience within ourselves now. We got a point against Radstock that day very, very late. Obviously, we won Saturday very, very late. So I think we had a we had a period where we'd concede one and kind of fold a little bit. But we've had a good chat with the lads. We've we've worked hard and like I said I think they they now just got that belief. We'll score goals. We know that we've got a lot of goals in the in the side, and we don't have to get them early. So Radstock, yeah, we. We struggled a bit. We let them get on top of us early doors and let them bully us a little bit, which was poor from us as a as a management and a and a team. But we kept going, and you know we, we got something we probably didn't deserve on the day. But at the same time, like you said, we showed that resilience that we we will keep going, and if we get a point at a summit, then then so be it. Now, as a Wiltshire man myself, um, and the fact that there's only two there's uh, there's only two teams in Wiltshire, of course, in the Western League. Um, well, all eyes in the county were on your game with Warminster on Boxing Day. On that day, you came up short, and based on what you've said so far in this interview, I don't know whether that was a question of um, selection, inconsistency, or perhaps a little bit too much festive spirit on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, maybe the festive spirit, but I, I mean, I doubt they were any different. I just think, you know, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And that day, we probably turned up expecting to to be given three points rather than have to work for it. And all credit to Warminster, you know, they treated it as a cup final. They played it that way. They were superb in the way they worked. And the minute they got a couple of goals ahead, they had something to hang on for then. And, you know, we were strong that day. I think selection was, was good. The squad that day was as strong as it's been for a while. We just we come up short against a team that wanted it more and that was the most disappointing thing on the day, I think. But on the whole, I'd say your body of work has been pleasing this season. I mean, you're currently eighth in the table at the moment. Do you think that's a fair reflection of where the team's at? Yep. Like I said, we're, we're that far in now. You are you are in the table where you deserve to be. We, we've done okay. You know, we come down and I think there was a group of people thought we were just going to fly straight back up and that was never ever going to be the case from where the club was at. There's no pressure from the club to to get back up this season. If we do, we do, and if we don't, we don't. What they've managed to achieve off the pitch is is massive and a lot more important than what's happened on it this season. But um, yeah, obviously the ultimate aim is we want to win games of football and and finish as high as we can. Because I spoke to Jamie Jordan earlier this season, uh, your predecessor, and, and he talked about the club being in a in a position of transition. You know, there was very much a rebuilding job going on on the pitch. Is that still the case, or do you think you've now got a settled side? Um, I think we're, we're close. I think we were there with JJ. We, had a, we were pretty settled um, when he made the decision to move on. It created a bit of upheaval and players wanted game time. They weren't getting it, so they left and it coincided with Jay leaving and injuries and suspensions. It's been rough, but at the same time, we didn't want to go out and blanket sign people for the sake of it. We've relied on last year's under-16s to come and help in the squad and they've been an absolute credit to the club. And I think now, yeah, with the injuries just coming back, I mean, we lost Josh Roddy for a long period who at 16 was just finding his feet and becoming a, a big part of the squad. Uh, Matty Richards has been missing now for what, two, two and a half months. Um, he's almost back. So I think we're in a good place now that we're quite stable and hopefully that will show in 
in getting some more consistency in the results. Now, you've got a real test coming up on Saturday. Cribs Reserves, they've taken the Western League First Division by storm this season. It's gonna, that's going to be one hell of a game for you. Hopefully. Um, I think we'll have a good crowd. When we played at their place, it was a, it was a good football match on a, on a decent pitch. They're a good football inside. Obviously, they do things right. Yeah, and that day, again, we, we were on the right end of a, a very tight scoreline. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting no different. They'll come and play do things right they've got some very good individuals in that squad but yeah hopefully Touchwood we're now we're now in a good place to get another three points because you've got back to back home games haven't you you've got Cribs and then you've got Middlesoy after that so plenty of football for the fans to enjoy at Trowbridge Road yeah it's nice to have a couple of back to back games it gives plenty of people the chance to come in and support the side if they're missing one then they've, they haven't got to wait too long for the next one and I think Middlesbrough the week after will be just as tough. The team I've been really impressed with, how they've taken to Western League football, just all action, give it everything they've got. So it'll be a tough couple of weeks. But like I said, hopefully home advantage, good support. We'll, um, we'll start closing that gap above us. Excellent stuff. Now, one last question for you, Chris, and this is a question I ask the managers the first time I get them on the podcast. Can you tell us something about your footballing journey to the Bradford Town dugout? Yeah, so mine's a bit different to most in terms of I never played senior football at any level. I finished playing when I was 16. I struggled with with cartilage problems, so decided to go into management. I fired up the Sunday side at the age of 17 and and ran that for a couple of years. I then went to Trebuchet Town Reserves. Really is when it started in the Wilts League at 22. I worked under Paul Shanley, who managed the first team at the time. And then I sat there for a couple of years until I did the first team in the Hellenic League. At I think I was 24 when I did that. But yeah, it never really took off for me. I bounced around a bit, and, you know, Larkle Reserves and had a little go at Westbury in the Western League when Sam Bidding was manager, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been tedious. Um, I've done a lot of county football. But, um, you know, we were, we were flying at Trowbridge in the Wiltshire League and we had a side that was far too good for the division that year. We got the chance to go to Bradford. It was it was probably perfect job at wrong time, but not one we could turn down. So we did what we could with the resources we had and the state the club was in. And obviously here we are. We find ourselves in a division we, we kind of need to be in to stabilise as a, as a club. And my thanks to Chris for his time. Now, one final game to bring you in the first division. And one of the sides that we like to talk about probably most weeks, actually, on the podcast, Wells City got a very good pedigree in the first division and going well. Well, they had another very good home win in front of a, a healthy crowd uh, against Cadbury Heath. Yeah, absolutely. A 3-0, 3-0 win for them. And I think we touched on Steve Murray uh, and how good a signing he looked on paper uh, last last week. And uh, yeah, he was at it again, uh, opening the scoring in this one. So yeah, putting putting them one up. And then it was a couple of couple of further goals from Tom Hill and Joe Morgan. Uh, but that's, um, yeah, another good win for Wales. And it looks like, as we said, Steve Murray looks like a, a, a real astute piece of, piece, of, uh, piece of business at this time of the season. So 3-0 for them over Cadbury Heath. Now, we'll take a look ahead at the games um, coming up. I was going to say on Saturday, the 3rd of February, but I know, Tom, you're a, you're a devotee. You do like mm. your Friday night football, and we have got something Friday night under lights in the first division. 
Love it. Yeah, we got we got Hallam versus Canesham. Uh, 7.30 kickoff on, on Friday. So that should uh, that should uh, pique the interest of the of the locals, I'm sure. So, yeah, that should be a good game. And I think there's some, uh, yeah, plum ties in the, in the first division all around this weekend. And that's definitely a good way to, to start it on your Friday night. But moving into Saturday, that's the 3rd of February. What uh, What's tickled your fancy in the Premier Division there? Oh, I've gone for a couple of top five sides in this one. We've gone for Buckland, who... Uh, take on Bridgewater and uh, they've actually only won one of their last five Buckland so they're in a little bit of a, a tough spell but their uh, their last well um, yeah before that 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 poor run of spell they they did beat Bridgewater three goals to two uh, away from home just before Christmas so uh, yeah they've um, <laughs> certainly uh, not not that long ago they were able to beat the same opposition and put down a bit of a marker whereas Bridgewater themselves have won seven away from home in all competitions on the bounce. So uh, they, they will go there uh, full of confidence. And I think that should be a yeah, very tasty uh, affair on Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm going to look at a tasty affair at the other end of the table. Welton Rovers have been in disappointing form of late, and I'm sure that the Green Army will hope that they can return to winning ways. They'll get a chance on Saturday. They're at home to Wellington, lowly Wellington. But I've got a feeling that Wellington aren't going to hang around the bottom of the Premier Division for much longer. There's um, been a steeliness about some of their results um, uh, recently, if some inconsistency. But but um, with some big signings named recently, particularly goalkeeper Jake Viney, who's got a fantastic mm. reputation at this level, I think that they'll be looking up rather than down. So that will be a game I'm sure both sides are targeting and um, it'll be really interesting to see um, um, who comes out on top there. I hope Welton get a good get some good support from Midsummer Norton. I'm sure they will. Right then, what about the first division, Tom? What game catches your eye there? I've gone for uh, Longwell Green Sports against Radstock. So Radstock unbeaten in quite a while. I think it's almost the uh, back end of November, I think, their last defeat. But Longwell Green, uh, we've touched on, definitely know where the back of the net is. And those two chaps in particular, uh, Matt Brown and Sonny Pascoe, seem to each score most weekends. I don't think they played uh, last weekend. I think they had the weekend off. So... Uh, those two back in action and, uh, yeah, take on the Radstock side who are uh, in a nice lofty position up in second, aren't they? So even though this uh, on the table, it might might look a bit of a mismatch. We've got 11th versus second. Uh, I think Longwell Green at home will fancy their chances. We, there's a whole host of games, isn't there, that we mm. could we could mm. have plugged um, um, this weekend in the first division. It's looking really, really tasty. Um, I mean, that Portishead win Canton game mm, is, is looking good. Brislington against Wells, my God. Mm. Um, but I'm going to go for Bradford Town against Cribs Reserves. I, 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 well, am I going to sort of go um, Wiltshire-centric? Am I going to be a little oh, Englander? Nice. And maybe I am. We it'd be interesting to see whether Chris Carr can avoid the curse of the podcast. Because I think <laughs> if Bradford don't get something out of that game, then I, I doubt Chris or anybody from the club will ever want to come on ever again. And I certainly hope that's not the case because I've enjoyed my visits there this season. It's great to have them back into the Western League. But Cribs reserves. I mean, what a side! Look how well they've done since they've joined us. Um, and um, I think that will be a really competitive game. What really interests me about that though is it's it reminds me of that Radstock Town game which I talked to Chris about in the uh, in the interview. Radstock on the day with a better side, but Bradford never let them get away. And I think no matter how well Cribs reserves play on the day, um, I'm sure Bradford will be tenacious and, um, and that always makes for a cracking Western League encounter. Um, one final duty before we um, depart this 
mortal coil um <laughs> this episode of the um the podcast um is uh, is the goal scorers? We did the league tables uh, last week. We will do the league tables again um, next week. But um, Tom, can you take us through our league hot shots? Yeah, absolutely. It's always always good good to catch up on these sort of things. So yeah, in the Premier Division, so these are league goals only. Uh, according to the the FA Full Time website, we've got Jared Lewington of Buckland leading the way. Uh, uh, on 23, uh, Jack Form back among the goals on on the weekend for Bridgewater. He's up to 20 now. Uh, you've then got Phil Ormrod of Street on 16, alongside Ryan Richards of Torpoint and Ricky Shepherd of Helston, who we mentioned earlier. He got his 16th of the campaign on the weekend. Uh, and then moving down into the first division, uh, we've still got Ethan Felton well out in front, 38. Uh, that's what the uh, number he uh, moved up to on the weekend. Uh, Matt Garner, hat trick for him in Wincanton's big 5 0 win. Uh, so uh, he's now up to 24. Uh, Liam Winter on 20. So all those chaps uh, bagging in on the weekend. Uh, you've then got Liam Clayton of Club Reserves, who has 18, and Louis Snailham of Shirehampton with 17. Excellent stuff. Now, of course, all the facts and figures, including the league tables and those goal scorers that Tom was just talking through, um, can be found in this week's Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Tom, um, where can the listeners find that? Yeah, indeed. That's on the uh, Toolstation League website. Uh, it's on the homepage. If you if you scroll down a little bit, it's on the on the left hand side of the homepage, and then you click on that, and uh, you get your uh, your most recent bulletin. Comes out every week, and, and as you say, looks at uh, tables and stats and whatnot, and uh, uh, results, fixtures, uh, everything really. So it comes out every week, and uh, yeah, that'll be there again uh, for you. Usually on a Sunday Sunday afternoon. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you very much for your time. And um, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation Western League podcast.